Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the latest episode of Searching for Political Identity. For those of you who don't know, my name is Brian Eskow. I am the host. And the purpose of this show is for me to, as I've come out of law school now, and I'm 30 freaking two years old, not exactly a kid, I need to really find out what causes I'm committed to and what I believe in and what I want to advocate for. So this show, the, the idea of it was to talk to smart, interesting, active people and seeing if, if they can inspire me and, and help me figure out what my political identity really is going to be as I enter this part of my life. I've always voted left. I grew up in a liberal household. Um, you can listen to the first episode of this show for a little bit of my background, but that's the deal. I've always voted and I've always voted left. And then Trump happened and it's like, okay, let's start a podcast and see if we can um, see what's going on here in the political environment in this country. So with that said, today's episode is going to be a quick, maybe five minutes long uh, solo episode. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quick teaser for my next guest, which is scheduled for next week. And then I'm going to run down and give you my opinion on a few major political headlines. And then we're going to be done. So before I do that, I would say this is episode 68, I think, and it is my third video episode. So as you can see, I'm doing video and I'm now on YouTube. So um, just wanted to mention that. With that said, let me tell you about who I've got lined up for Thursday. The guy's name is Thomas Thurston. He's an author. He's got a PhD. I'm looking at his uh, information here. He's, he's got a PhD in theology from the Graduate Theological Union in Berkeley. Um, and uh, long story short, I'm going to be asking him a lot of questions about the book he just wrote, which is called Becoming Christ. And it's a fictional story about the life of Jesus Christ. And it's going to be amazing. I'm going to read the book in the next few days, and, uh, and then I'm going to talk to him about it. So I'm looking forward to that because you know he reached out to me because he said, Brian, I wrote this book about the identity of Jesus and, and his personality. And yes, it's of course, he's, write, he's written a fiction book, but uh, I'm looking forward to figure out how Jesus is Jesus's identity intersects with the story of Jesus and the politics of the time. And so I see the relevancy there. So Thomas, thank you so much for reaching out. And I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Okay. Now that's the teaser. Um, let's start with student loan cancellation. I'll take a sip of water. I don't mind apologize. I'm not going to apologize for it. When, when all this stuff about Biden's going to cancel student loans came about, my reaction was, what? That's not fair. I mean, what about, I mean, I'm fortunate. I'm blessed. I'm privileged. You know, I don't have to worry about student loans. But I have friends who do. And it's not that I don't want them to get debt relief, but um, there are questions about fundamental fairness that come up. And, you know, Everyone else is talking about it. I don't need to do it. But what about the people who didn't pay off their loans? What about people who decided not to take off loans? It's like, so we know Marco Rubio came out yesterday with a very interesting critique of what Biden is doing on student loans. Uh, Rubio's critique speaks to fundamental fairness. It speaks to incentivizing uh, people to continue. This, he says, will incentivize students to continue borrowing money. He said tuitions are just going to go up next year, and it doesn't fix what he acknowledges is a broken system. So. The big counter argument, as we've all seen on Twitter in the media from the White House and Democrats is look at all these Republicans, look at all these conservatives who have taken uh, PPP loans during the pandemic and accepted that those loans were forgiven and they have hundreds of thousands of dollars 
um, in forgiven loans from the federal government, but these are the very same people saying that students shouldn't have uh, their loans forgiven on a smaller scale. That, that argument is powerful. It's a good one. And there's room for nuances. There always is to talk about these issues. But I have to say right now, I, I have to say that counter argument from the White House is pretty strong. It's like, what do you mean, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene? Look how much money you were forgiven. Why is it right for you to be forgiven that? But uh, these students who arguably were victim of predatory, le- predatory lending style practices, and we're, they're trying to get an education. I mean, why should we not help them out? So there's room for a whole big debate there, and I'm not going to get into it now, but just on the surface style points, wow, you know, that's a good counter argument. Um, so student loans, where should I leave that for now? I'll just say that um, it's tricky when you start telling people we're going to pay for your stuff and you don't have to pay your loans back. It's, it's tough. But uh, when you have a broken system, as even Marco Rubio points out, maybe we need to do something. Maybe we need to do something. So I'll leave it there for the moment. Next topic is Dr. Fauci. So like most people during the pandemic, I found myself appreciating his information, his updates. You know, look, we had the Andrew Cuomo updates. We had Trump doing Trump. We had Fauci. We had Burks. We had all these people. And now here we are, and we're looking back on it going, you know, it seems like Dr. Fauci and the, and the institution of the CDC overreacted. You got a million dead Americans. so. People are going to say, Brian, what the hell are you saying? There was an overreaction, but there's a large part of this country who says, man, like things probably wouldn't, there'd still probably be a million dead Americans from this if we, if we didn't do anything, if we didn't lock down, if we didn't mandate vaccines. I don't know. You guys can argue about all that. All I'm saying is I agree with a lot of people who say, hey, what this country did in response to COVID-19 was excessive it was over the top and it caused its own problems and it's arguably more severe than if we had just do what trump wanted to do which is let covid run its course i have no answer i I don't know i'm just saying it was a real inconvenience to have our lives shut down for that period of time i mean can't go to the gym you're buying uh rubber bands to try to, to try to work out at home it's a disaster kids lockdown schools i mean what happened in this country is incredible and so we have to process it and nobody gets a free ride not even dr fauci so looking back in hindsight it's like man uh, i don't think we got it clear or straight from the government from the get-go 15 days to slow the spread my ass raise your hand if you knew that was bs from the beginning i did and it's like we were lied to from the beginning guys And the intentions might have been good, but we were lied to. I'm sorry. We were lied to at every step along the way. And I'm not going to blame people for looking at Dr. Fauci and going, get this guy out of here. You know, Governor DeSantis said we need to chuck that little elf across the Potomac. (laughs) I'm sorry. I like DeSantis. I didn't mention, I wasn't planning on talking about him, but I like DeSantis. Um, I agree with most of what he says about the culture war. In other words, I agree with Trump on a lot of things, except the -the over-the-top stuff that Trump did. 
And so we'll get to Trump. So basically, you know what I think about student loan cancellation? I'm up and down on it. Dr. Fauci, I've soured on him. I, I don't look at him. I don't know him from the AIDS pandemic epidemic. I don't know his. I understand he's had a brilliant and long and storied career and done a lot of good. But COVID-19, looking at it, it's like, man, I, I won't be missing you, Dr. Fauci. I have to admit it. Um, now, so DeSantis, Trump, the culture war thing. Look, I'm interested in the culture war. I think as a person who always votes Democrat, some of the progressives go too far. And I do think they, they inflame the culture war and talking about the public bathrooms and what kids are going to learn. It's like everyone thinks we should teach kids the truth about this country, but we shouldn't teach kids that your skin color matters. I'm sorry. It mattered. And it may still matter a little bit, but come on. We cannot be teaching kids that white people should be guilty and white men are evil. That's too much. And if you're telling me that you think it's not being taught, you're full of shit. I'm sorry. I've experienced it in, my, in the social justice classes that I took in law school, and I've recorded a lot of podcast episodes about them. Many people who call themselves progressive Democrats, they hate white people. They hate capitalism. And that's okay. You know, you can hate whatever you want to hate, but you, you shouldn't pass that on to kids. Okay. That's where I'm going to leave that. Uh, Trump's pending indictment. As I tweeted earlier this morning, it sure seems like Trump's logic was Hillary Clinton got away with X, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do Y. Laws be damned, protocols be damned, warnings be damned. And my whole thing about Trump is I didn't vote for him. I, never, I would never vote for him. But I kind of liked him as president, to be honest with you. I, I thought his policies were okay. Um, I thought our country was doing okay until the pandemic hit. And um, like I said, I tend to agree with his view on the culture wars. Now, him personally, just too much. I couldn't, he couldn't reach out to a guy like me, to an independent-minded person like myself, and get my vote. And he, so he didn't. But, and I voted for Biden proudly. And I've said, you know, in the first year, Biden, it's like, oh, this isn't going well. Hopefully it's turning around now and it's going to get better. But um, as for Trump's legal woes, look, I would say, and Bill Barr said this recently to, uh, to Barry Weiss, he said, Trump derangement syndrome is real. I liked what Trump did. And at the same time, Trump deserves whatever fate he's going to get legally because he, he just, he plays with fire. And you can say that other, Hillary Clinton played with fire, but Trump plays with fire. And it seems to me, like he said to himself, I dare you to prosecute me for taking these documents to Mar-a-Lago. I'm the, I'm the president of the United States. I'm the most powerful man in the world. This is Trump's mind. And, you know, it's true. But he said, I, given what happened with Hillary, this is my interpretation. I'm just going to do whatever I want. I dare you to search my house. I dare you to indict me. I dare you to convict me. And we'll see what happens. And uh, whatever happens, it's all going to be his responsibility because we're all responsible for ourselves. And that's kind of the underlying conservative uh, political philosophy, isn't it? We're responsible for ourselves. You take care of yourself and your own, your family. The government is not your family. The family's role and the individual's role is to take care of themselves. Whoa. 
And the progressives will say, no, we're a collective, man. We're, we're a nation. We got to help each other. Not everyone has bootstraps type of thing. And so I, I, I tend to say to myself, hey, man, I see the value in both philosophies. And I say, you got to take responsibility for your actions. And Trump can complain about how other politicians were treated in the past all he wants. But at the end of the day, he's going to be held to account for his actions. And I hope it's not um, inappropriate political um, goings-ons by the DOJ. I don't think it is. I think Merrick Garland's doing a good job. I respect Mer Merrick Garland. But the Russiagate thing, it was very questionable. And so on Trump, I would just say, I understand his supporters being like every year they said they were going to get Trump, and now they're finally going to get him. And he's going to deserve it. But if the, the media and the progressives had been a little more understanding of Trump's base, um, I, think, I think things could have been different. I think Trump, the ultimate word for Trump is irony because he, he deserves what he's getting. But, but it was like the media, I guess Trump started it, but there was just this constant battle between Trump and the far left. And I guess it was to be expected, but it's sad because I think it could have been avoided. I, I see a overreaction from the far left. Um, and I don't know if that's just where the far left has been over the years developing towards, um, Hey, you know, we want to teach kids that uh, skin color still matters and this and that, or if uh, they really just reacted to Trump and, and, and said, this guy is a disaster. He's an utter racist. And he may be in his private life, but I didn't see that in the Oval Office. Okay? I just, I really didn't. So yeah, student loans, Dr. Fauci, Trump's pending indictment, and teasing my next interview with uh, Thomas, who's going to talk to me about his book, uh, his fictional book about Jesus Christ's identity. Jesus Christ's identity. I, I think it's going to be great. I'd love for you to subscribe to my podcast. And as you can tell, the meat and potatoes of the show is the interview. So I am uh, still studying for the bar exam. You may know if you follow me closely on Twitter that I was supposed to take it in July, but my dad got really, really sick, came extremely close to death, and I had to postpone the exam until February. So thank God my dad is going to make it. And not only is he going to make it, but he's going to be okay. So that was a crazy roller coaster. Um, but I have to now study again for the bar exam and take it in February. And so I, and I'm working and all that. So I hope that in the meantime, my solo episodes will become more informed. I'll be able to do some more research and come to you with more than just some quick takes. But, um, the reality is until February comes, I'm probably just going to do solo episodes as fillers from time to time. And the, the beef of it is going to be these guests who, I've been fortunate to attract some really great guests. So with that said, I hope you uh, subscribe, hope you're interested, and I hope you even go back to some old episodes and check them out because there's a fair amount of material on there, especially my solo episodes that I, when I was in law school, I was really giving it to you straight from the classroom. So there's some interest. If you're interested in culture war, social justice stuff, look for some of the episodes I did in like the uh, upper 40s and 50s episodes, uh, number episode numbers. And there's a bunch of stuff on critical race theory there. And that's one of my interests. So um, if it's one of yours, that's where you can go.
that's all I've got. I hope you guys have a great week, and uh, I'll catch you next time. Later.